You're listening to Detroit Today on 101.9 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and thanks for tuning in. What does a better life look like for you and your community, and what do you hope the next president can do to help? NPR is asking that question all around the country, and we want to talk about what that means here in southeast Michigan. I mean, in about four months, we're going to go to the polls and select the next president of the United States. But when you go into that booth and pull the lever, what are your expectations? Are you voting based on national policy or international policy, or are you pulling the lever thinking, this will change things in my neighborhood, this will make things better for me and my friends and my family, people that I know, it will have a practical effect uh, in the way that I live my life, in the way that I work, in the way that I pay taxes and things like that. We want to hear from you about what your expectations look like when you go into that booth. Give us a call, 313-577-1019 is the number, 313-577-1019. What do you think the next president can do to make change right here in your community? Again, the number is 313-577-1019. And I want to welcome two folks into the studio to help kick off this conversation, Laura Weber-Davis and Jake Neer. They are both producers here on Detroit Today. Guys, Welcome to the studio. Happy yeah, to be hey, here. Nice yeah. digs over on this side of the glass, Stephen. <laughs> uh, it's no nicer than it is on the other <laughs> side. Uh, l- let's talk first about, you guys went out and uh, talked to several people in the community and asked this question about what they think the next president can do uh, in their communities. Give me uh, an overall sort of summary of the things that you heard. Well, we were at Eastern Market, uh, as we are frequently with Andalisi, and on Saturdays, on Saturdays yeah. broadcasting live. We both had one-year-olds in tow, it, which oh, was very it was cool. <laughs> very easy to interview people while holding a toddler. <laughs> no one will say no to you. Uh, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so it was actually the first people I went to ask this question seemed interested in talking. And then when I posed the question to them and told them it was about the election, they immediately were like, eh, I don't really want to talk about it, which I thought was interesting in and of itself. They didn't want to talk about the election at all. At all. Mm. And I could see an element of distaste on their face for the subject in general. And, uh, and I, that's driven by the candidates, right? It's, it's driven by it, the candidates, a, a for sure. A lot of people I talk to and hear from talk about the the awful choice that they think they're they're faced with this fall if they're republicans they're feeling lost i think right. uh, around the the nomination of donald trump and and what that means for their party but if they're democrats in a lot of in a lot of cases i hear people saying boy i wish i had a better set of choices in this election and and right. i think even with with Hillary Clinton, uh, there's this this level of frustration and right. a sense that uh, we could do better somehow. So off of that, um, I'd like to play um, a cut from a girl named Tiara who is from Detroit. She's the youngest person we spoke with. She's in her late teens, and here's what she had to say. Um, mostly like all the peace rallies and um, just that the fight for justice, basically. So. Uh, are you 18 yet? Yes. Are you planning on voting in this election? Yes, I am. I'm, I, I am planning on voting. I have to. When you think about voting for president, are you confident that your vote would impact the things that are concerning to you? Um, at this point, sadly, I'm not because the person that I really want to vote for isn't really on the ballot, but I have to do them as a write-in. Um, but I'm definitely vote, voting for you know Bernie because he stands for everything that I believe in. And I'm hoping that we get enough write-in votes that he makes a difference. 
Do you think if Bernie Sanders was able to become president that you would feel more confident that the issues that you're concerned about would be addressed? Yes, I do. I definitely do. So right there, you hear a protest vote. You know, somebody who is dissatisfied with the options that are forming quickly as the presumptive nominees. Um, so she plans to vote for the person she cares about rather than potentially somebody who is more likely to be president. And, and was it her sense that if Bernie Sanders were president, he could do some of the things that she thinks right. aren't, aren't being done now? I mean, she really right. believes that he could make a difference. Right. So right at the top, you heard her. She, I, I, I don't know. I can't say for sure that she was down at the protest on Friday. But the, the way that she spoke about we were marching down Woodward, I, I assume that she was there. I should have asked her. <laughs> um, but she really felt like... Um, Bernie Sanders is the only candidate for her that will make a difference in the in the cause um, relating to inequity and inequality. Yeah. yeah, which is interesting given that in the last few days I have been surprised uh, by by the gap between uh, what President Obama has said about what happened last week and what Hillary Clinton said. I mean, she came out very strongly uh, last right. week and said. This is about inequality. This is about lack of opportunity. This is about historical injustice. And when I'm president, I'm, you know, planning to focus the country on trying to deal with those things. I mean, it was the strongest I'd, I think I've ever heard her talk about it. Tiara, not sold. No, no. I think that it's been probably a day late and a dollar short as far as Hillary mm. Clinton is concerned in, gather, in gathering, especially the younger votes coming from inner cities. And regardless of race, I think the young votes coming from cities are really, really disenfranchised yeah. from well, and the, that's the I mean, that's going to matter. That's going to matter in November right. for her. If she can't turn out large numbers of folks who live in inner cities, young, old, or whatever, she could have a real problem. She could have a real problem winning. Yep. Uh, this is Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson. I'm talking with Detroit Today producers, Laura Weber Davis and Jake Neer. We are asking the question, what does a better life look like for you and your community? And what do you hope the president, the next president, can do to help when you go to vote in November? Are you pulling the lever thinking about national and international policy? Or are you thinking about local policy and issues and hoping that the next president can change those things. Uh, give us a call if you want to join the conversation. 313-577-1019 is the number. That's 313-577-1019. What are your expectations for the next president when it comes to issues in your neighborhood, in your community, in your city? 313-577-1019 is the number. Uh, Jake, you also were at Eastern Market on Saturday talking to folks. What, what did you hear? Yeah, I mean, going on what you guys have been saying about not feeling like there's a really great choice here. I was hearing a lot of that as well. And also that second part of the question, what do you think the president can do to improve your community, your life in your community? Almost every time I got a long pause and sort of a shoulder shrug, you know, it's you know, even though everyone seems to be paying attention and engaged in this year's presidential election, at the same time, it doesn't seem like there's a clear you know, feeling that it's going to make a difference in individuals' lives. I talked to Trevor from Sterling Heights, uh, and he was there with his family at Eastern Market, and he also had some of these same, uh, similar reaction, even though he was very clearly involved in uh, the political process this year. I think for me, inside my community, is just for our kids to have a better opportunity. Better schools, better education, uh, better infrastructure. Uh, you know, an opportunity for kids to do better than what we have. 
I think that's what I worry about at night. When it comes to what the president can do, whoever's in the White House, how, if at all, do you think they can influence that change? I'm not so sure anymore. Uh, you know, I, I tend to be on the Democratic side, and but it seems like the lines are getting blurred, and I just like to see some of that money come back to the, the communities. So, you know, you look at our roads in Michigan, they're horrible. Uh, our schools are hurting. Uh, we just need more money to fund our roads and schools and infrastructure just to make life uh, a better and better opportunity for the future. So Trevor clearly had some ideas of, of, of things that could happen. It's just um, a, a feeling, again, of, of how are these individuals who are running going to change things and sort of a, a, a feeling that, I don't know, maybe uh, when it comes to getting those, that, those dollars for infrastructure, for education, that's so forth, those are things we're not really hearing a whole lot of from these candidates. I have to say, ahead, I, I don't know if the the enormity of the news coming out last week from all over our country contributed to how people were feeling when we were asking them because there's a vague sense of hopelessness mm -hmm. yeah. that came out of last week's news cycle um, on all sides of the debate and I and I wonder if that impacted the way people were feeling or if that's just sort of a culmination of the presidential election thus far anyway. Yeah, yeah. but but with Trevor there we did hear strains of that that democratic frustration, right? Mm -hmm. He says the lines are being blurred, which I mean I think is a really interesting incisive analysis of of the uh, of the election this time, especially since the choice is going to be Hillary Clinton or Donald Trump. Mm -hmm. uh, but but Trevor thinks that the lines are blurred in that sense. I mean, given that choice, he he believes that there's not enough enough of a difference. Uh, I, I think that's pretty remarkable. In in terms of candidates, even in the primaries before it was narrowed down to these two, when you when you think about someone who really represents the party sort of what you thought of as sort of the uh, moderate uh, you know side of the party especially i'd say on the republican side uh and and uh, for democrats as well a lot of democrats think that hillary clinton is far too close to the center oh and and you know bernie sanders of course was pretty far left i mean there there i feel like there are a lot of people maybe more in that sweet spot uh that that feel like they're not getting their sort of policy uh no one uh, is speaking to that yeah exactly in some way yeah mm -hmm. uh, let's go to the phones here uh let's talk to brandon brandon in st Clair flats welcome to detroit today hey thank you sure and I, I i completely agree with trevor um we need we need our, our schools down there i have a lot of friends and family that are teachers and we depend on our teachers to grow our kids to help grow our community to be a better place and, you know, a lot of presidents say we'll help build communities to be better places, but no one ever goes through with their word. And Detroit is one of the number one cities that really need it because our teachers, our cops, our firefighters are all getting cut down, their pay cuts. And they're, I'm surprised they're still down there working for what they are. They're still doing an amazing job. But if we paid them more, they'd do an even better of a job. And, all, you know, the Detroit schools is the number one uh, real estate sales in Detroit, and that's not right. We need more schools down there. We need more families to want to move down there and take their kids down there. Yeah, but uh, Brandon. No. Yes. Yeah. Let me ask you: If you think, do you think that is the role of the federal government, or do you think that some of what your frustration is about is state government not doing the job it's supposed to do? I mean, are, are, are your expectations yeah, I, that the I president? Agree. Yeah. Go ahead. 
the state government isn't doing their job neither. Like for instance, uh, the line the linesmen that cut down all the trees by the wires, they're out by my house in Algonac cutting trees down that are ten feet from the wires. But you go down to Detroit and you got trees intertwined with all the wires down there that are just about to fall on houses. Sure. They should be down in Detroit taking care of those instead of out by my house cutting down trees that don't even need to be cut down. They're wasting time and money out there when it could be down in Detroit where it needs to be done. Yeah. Yeah. Brandon, thanks you very know. much. Uh, thanks very much for the call and, and for your thoughts. Let's go to Tom in northwest Detroit. Tom, welcome to Detroit Today. Yeah, good morning, everyone. You know what? Personally, in terms of things getting better here, it's going to have to be on the local level. I mean, yeah, the president is, you know, as far as I'm concerned, in terms of things that they could possibly do, they could do something to, like, say, get us some more police officers here, that kind of thing. Uh But I'm saying in terms of quality, other than that, quality of life issues, basically in the city, it's going to have to come from the mayor and city council and, you know, the, the folks up there in Lansing, but I'm not, I'm not going to hold my breath on the people in Lansing to basically do anything <laughs> for Detroit. Yeah, no, I mean, I think that, that change at the local level is, is, uh, is largely in the lap of state government, but it's really hard to get change in state government to make the change in local communities possible. Uh, Laura and Jake, did you hear from people about those issues? Yeah, actually, I um, there's a woman I spoke with named Tiffany, if we can play what she had to say from Southwest Detroit. Um, what I found really interesting is that she was looking at local issues for her. Um, uh, she was looking at a local issue that actually is affected largely by the government. We're going to start a little bit, um, if we can play cut four, Matt. Um, uh, the local issues actually turned really quickly once I talked to her about the presidential election the parks and stuff like that that need to be cleaned up you know all the vandalizing stuff violence you said violence yes do you have any faith that whoever is elected president that that would change anything for you and your community um it depends i really i'm not really going for trump because um sending my people back to mexico so i'm not really voting for him so whoever it is it's either got to be Hillary Clinton or the other guy. I'd rather go for Hillary Clinton anyways. So you're you're not necessarily 100% confident that the Democrats can make it better, but you know that Trump could potentially make it worse. Yes. So there you're hearing a, a national issue is affecting her locally in southwest Detroit, where we have a large Mexican-American population. And so that is a local issue for her and yeah. a community issue, but also a, a federal one. That So when she's thinking about voting for president, that is directly affecting her, what's going on in her neighborhood. Right. Go ahead, Jake. You know, I think that uh, it's that's very interesting. And But the thing that's that for me is worth repeating, I think that Tiffany is in one of those rare situations where the federal uh, you know issue is really hitting close to home. But uh, for most people, really, when it comes to affecting their change personally, it's the the very local level officials, the state officials. But the maybe the irony in American politics is that those are the elections that people don't show up for. Right. right. And right. in presidential elections, people do show up. But at the same time, we're seeing all this kind of feeling that, hey, maybe they can't affect us, uh, you know, very individually. So that's something that I think uh, listeners should maybe keep in mind is that uh, most of the time, those local 
local elections that get very low turnout are the ones that probably will affect you the most. Yeah. I mean, that's a historical problem, of mm-hmm. course, is that the, the voting population is highest in presidential years, brings lots of people out with these expectations of change. But then when you're voting for the person who represents you in the state legislature or on the city council or on the school board uh, in particular, fewer people are interested. Uh, but but it's not that they're not it's not that they don't care about the issues it's i think they don't see the connection they don't trust that those people will will make a difference sure uh, we're going to take a break here when we come back we're going to continue talking about what you think the next president can do to make change in your community join us on the phones 313-577-1019 it's 313-577-1019 we will be back uh stay with us on detroit today You're listening to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and thanks for tuning in. We are talking about the presidential election in November. When you go into the booth and pull that lever for Hillary Clinton or Donald Trump or whomever, uh, what are you thinking about the effect that they will have on your life, on your community, your neighborhood, your city, your state, not just national and international policy, but what do you think they can control that will change the lives of the people immediately around you and in your household? Give us a call, 313-577-1019. That's 313-577-1019 to join that conversation. And joining me in the studio to talk about it are Jake Neer and Laura Weber-Davis, producers here at Detroit Today. They were out at Eastern Market on Saturday talking to people about what their expectations are with regard to the next president. Uh, Jake, uh, someone you talked to had specific ideas about what the president can and can't do. Sure. And and Erica from Detroit uh, had some interesting things to say that, you know, it was it's not so much about the specific policies that she was talking about, although she did touch on that a little bit, but it's more about what a president goes out there and says. A better life would be everyone getting along, more jobs, more jobs bring a better community, a better community would bring less crime and everything else in the community. Working together as one, regardless, bring a better community. And then talk about the current situation that you see, you know, especially that what you said about working as one. Um, where are we right now with that? Divided, I think. I think we are divided. I don't think we should be because it's not going to amount to anything. We have to be as a team. We don't have a team, you don't have nothing. What, if anything, do you think the president, whoever's in the White House, uh, can do to to affect that change? I have to make everyone feel equal and not put one person above the other. And I think if everybody think they're equal, it'll be much better. As Laura was saying earlier, you know, the timing of us asking people this question was really important, I think, to, to when you're listening to these cuts, because 
I think there is this feeling of we are divided, you know, that we need to come together. And I mean, this isn't just this weekend, though. I mean, this is something that people have been feeling for a long time now, um, that in Washington, especially when we think of what's happening at the Capitol and in D.C., uh, there's just so much divisiveness. And I think a lot of people just want to get past that. That's and, and the thing is, is we have two presidential candidates that don't seem to be bringing people together very much. Well, uh, what's so. interesting about what Erica said is a, a feeling of a feeling. Creating a feeling is what the president needs to do mm-hmm. and creating a team. Right. These are sort of intangible things that a president does. And I was saying to you at the break, I've come to view voting for president as voting for America's um, PR person <laughs> because it's really about the message that we're conveying to the world about what America is. And yes, the president's making some obviously extremely crucial decisions, but ultimately I've never seen a ton of daylight, especially in recent years between president to president policy-wise. And so it really ends up becoming uh, the feeling that you create both within the country and outside of it. And, yeah. and so sometimes I think that that's what people are really thinking about when they're voting. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's go back to the phones here. Uh, Kate and Bloomfield Hills. Kate, welcome to Detroit Today. Thank you. Uh-huh. Thanks for taking my call. Yeah, sure. Um, I uh, I just want to say that I completely agree about local elections, especially when it comes to judiciary. Uh, people don't get out and vote half the time. You don't even know who the person is, which is unfortunate because they really can impact your life. Um, but what I wanted to say is I... Uh, I'm not happy with either candidate, and I don't know who I would vote for uh, or I'm going to vote for in November. And I just wish that the news would pay a little bit more attention to the independent party, because we do have a third party in this country, but you never hear about it. I, I, I'm going to research it. I know nothing about the candidate, though. Which, which party are you referring to, Kate? The independent party. The independent party, yeah. Mm. yeah. We have heard a lot about Gary Johnson, uh, mm-hmm. conversely, in this election, because there are a lot of people who are talking about voting for Gary Johnson yeah, libertarian. in the Libertarian Party. A lot of Republicans are talking about yep. doing that because of dissatisfaction with, with Trump. Uh, Kate, uh, that's a really interesting idea uh, that, that the media should pay more attention to those candidates. Of course, in other countries, in other democracies, uh, there are requirements about fairness uh, regardless of uh, the the amount of support or money that a that a candidate has we don't have that we don't have that here uh, do you think that uh, the support for those candidates would f- would follow publicity or do you think uh, they need to get more support so that they can get more publicity I mean it's sort of a chicken and egg thing isn't it uh, yeah that's exactly what I was thinking yeah it's it's not completely clear to me um, I think it would be worth a try yeah all right uh, Kate thank you very much uh, for that call. Let's go to Matt in Detroit. Matt, welcome to Detroit Hello. today. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, yeah, I think the next president definitely will have an effect on uh, things locally. Um, if nothing else, whoever is president may have the down ticket effect on the uh, rest of the races. If that can change uh, the makeup of, say, our state legislature in Michigan, that would be huge. Um, the second thing I would say... Uh, Hillary Clinton did put forth a plan, kind of co-opting Bernie Sanders' idea of affordable higher education. And I think that's a huge one if uh, she wins and uh, she sticks with it. Of course, it is just a campaign promise. But if all the Berniecrats keep you know, her feet to the fire with that, <laughs> uh, higher education is a major um, you know, driver of economic growth. If we have students suddenly who graduate and they are debt-free, 
uh, from four-year colleges. They can stick around where they're at. They can buy a house. I think that could have some effect. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, uh, uh, Matt. That's a that's a really great uh, set of points to make uh, in this conversation. Uh, are you? Let me ask you this: uh, you you believe Democrats will will would be more effective uh, at this time in Washington than than Republicans? Talk about your level of satisfaction, though, with the candidate on the Democratic side. Uh, how much are you in? sort of enthusiastic about the idea of a Clinton presidency? Um, I, I would have much preferred to see uh, Bernie as the um, as the candidate. I thought he was an incredible candidate, uh, just really once in a lifetime. Um, that said, at a certain point, one has to be dispassionate about politics, realize you don't get everything you want, and look at the law, you know, the broad picture. Um, look at the Supreme Court justices will be nominated by the next person. Um, look at other things. Look at the fact that the way politics works, you know, Bernie has done what he needed to do. He's pushed his campaign and the, uh, to try to make that part of the Democratic Party's platform. Yeah. That's happened in a couple cases, I believe, with a minimum wage being raised with uh, affordable higher education for all. Um, you know, there are definitely problems uh, with Hillary Clinton, but by the same token... Uh, <clears throat> when you look at the alternative, uh, she she is uh, definitely better, and mm. I'm all right with that. The passion that Bernie Sanders <laughs> uh, created was incredible. The passion that Obama created uh, in 2008 was incredible. But uh, Hillary Clinton still, uh, in spite of her many flaws, would be fairly <laughs> Matt, confident uh, leader. I personally have positive memories of the Clinton presidency, yeah. even if he sold us down the river in a number of ways. <laughs> but, Matt, I, I have to say that's one of the more nuanced analyses of the the current situation that I've heard in, in a long time. I mean, I, I, I think uh, we tend to hear from the people who are still dug in on an ideological stance that, that – uh, that gets sort of lost among the practical, uh, but but you seem to be looking at this from a very utilitarian kind of kind of way. So I, I appreciate your calling and and making that point. Uh, go ahead, Jay. Yeah, I think Matt brings up one especially good point, and it's been said a million times before. I think, but just the fact that you know we were talking a lot about how the president doesn't necessarily affect you uh, personally in in many ways, but uh, let's also remember that we've seen some very very impactful Supreme Court uh, decisions sure. in recent years, and that's going to be a major, major uh, issue with the next president is who will they will nominate to the Supreme Court, because we're talking about, I believe, up to three justices are expected to be nominated yeah. in this next four years. It'll be a really different court in 2020 uh, than it is in 2016, mm -hmm. no, no question. Uh, let's go to uh, Nancy in Sterling Heights. Nancy, welcome to Detroit Today. Hi, Stephen. Yeah. Hi. Um, you know, I was thinking, presidents really don't influence me at the local level very much, and I was trying to think of instances where they did. And the first thing that popped to my mind was those big signs on the side of the road uh, when we had the nice Obama put people to work road projects. Uh -huh. and, and then my mind popped to my mortgage and the HARP mortgages that we were able to get lower interest rates and people were able to keep their homes sometimes because of that. Sure. And how President Obama pulled us out of the Great Recession 
and gets no credit for it. And he really did save America. Yeah. <laughs> right. I mean, and, and, and it makes a difference in, in people's lives. I mean, think about the people who were put back to work. Think about the people in the auto industry who were not put out of work because uh, of the help that the federal government uh, gave. As you point out, Nancy, sometimes we, we forget about that and we don't think about the things that, that have been done. Thank you very much uh, for your call. Guys, I've got about uh, a minute left uh, Go ahead, Laura. I don't know. I, I was just keep going back to this idea of something Matt said about voting dispassionately, and maybe that's something we need to get back to. It's really hard for Pre- people. I know. I President like. Obama was elected largely on the passion of many people in 2008, and I would argue that the counter-passion has been a result of Donald Trump, and for all the dissatisfaction that people are experiencing with that him as a candidate, I think that's what we get when we are overly passionate about people we uh, fundamentally don't know. I mean, they they are not our friends. They are still representing us. And maybe a bit of dispassion could go a long way for everybody in this election. Yeah, Yeah. I think that practicality, though, is, is, like I said, it's pretty tough, especially when you see the things going on that we have have seen. Um, All right, Laura Weber-Davis, Jake Neer, producers here at Detroit Today. Thanks very much for coming in. Thanks for having us. My pleasure. All right, uh, that's going to do it for us today. I will be back tomorrow. I hope you will, too. This is 1019 WDET Detroit, Wayne State's public radio station. I'll see you tomorrow.